Hey all you cool cats and kittens, welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show where we discuss movies, games, and TV shows in addition to kinda whatever, mainly we just shout nonsense into our microphones. I'm your host Holden Sutter, joined by my co-host Jimmy Youthy. Carol Baskins, is that you? (laughs) (laughs) Great intro, Holden. Great Uh, intro for Tiger King episode. (laughs) We've got a great episode for you this week, featuring our reviews of Howl's Moving Castle, a listener, which is a listener request, and then also Tiger King, which is our very first TV show, uh, full TV show review. So, yeah. You heard, you heard of this show, Tiger King? Probably not. <laughs> I think we're a little ahead of the curve on this one. Today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That one movie podcast. Yes. Tom. But first, Jimmy, we got to do Tom's. Oh, you know we have to. Oh. Toms is a rapid-fire segment where we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms, Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw's but Holden, all those Toms are men. Why don't we get some female Toms in there? Got any ideas? <laughs> Tom, Tom Carol Baskin. <laughs> I can be the lowest. Nope. <laughs> For this very special uh, Tiger King episode... We'll have Tom Carroll Baskin as the lowest rating. There we go. There we go. Brokaw is the highest. Bombadil is the lowest. And <laughs> Baskin is somewhere in between. <laughs> no, Jimmy, Baskin's the bottom. Yeah. Jimmy, let's get to it. All right. So, yeah. Uh, believe it or not, there's more release date shuffles like there always has been for the last several weeks. They're and playing we musical chairs. Yeah, we really are. There's actually uh, quite a bit this week uh, regarding that. So the new Spider-Man movie has been officially delayed to November 2021. Um, and a lot of people are theorizing this is kind of in line with if if it's connecting to Sony's properties, like it's been heavily hinted at that because Sony's properties were delayed so long that this one's delayed just alongside those. Yeah. So what do you think of that, Jimmy? Spider-Man's delayed. Um, I think that probably has to do with the, maybe they're shooting Uncharted first. Yeah, I I don't know I don't know which caused which or if they had any I guess influence on each other. But yeah, so Uncharted did get moved up to July 2021, which is an impressive first for Uncharted because it's been delayed all these times. It had been planned for October 2021, but now it's been moved up a few months. So if that had any effect on Spider-Man, that would affect it. I would assume they're filming Uncharted first. Uncharted is going to come out like a year from now incredible that is not gonna happen (laughs) (laughs) when are they gonna be able to start filming no idea (laughs) so so it makes sense that spider-man is coming out after uncharted though since they literally were starting principal photography on uncharted (laughs) when when they got shut down a couple hours in so uh, that makes sense that it would be uh moved up a little bit and (laughs) spider-man would be pushed back in order to complete both of them with yeah. Tom Holland. Yeah. So I'm going to give Spider-Man three being delayed a, a Baskin, I guess, cause I'm sad it's not coming out sooner, but I'm going to give uncharted being moved up a, a Brokaw. 
You know what? I'll give them both Baskin because Uncharted's just going to get delayed again. That's, <laughs> There's that's no very way. true. If that movie comes out in July 2021, I don't know. I'll what are you going to do? You're going to have to do something, Jimmy. We're I'll setting it something. right now. Set, what are you going to do? Uh, you'll be able to retain the 5 UN bill for a little bit longer, I guess. All right. <laughs> We're My 5 UN bill. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it is. It actually is, though. <laughs> um, so... That's not it for Sony news, though, because Spider-Verse 2 has also been delayed. Um, and this one was a little farther off. It was originally scheduled for May 2022, uh, but now it's been pushed back to October 7th, 2022. So that makes me sad because we have to wait longer for a new Spider-Verse movie. But, I mean, I guess they should make it the best they can. So, mm-hmm. I agree, Holden. I'll give it a... Bon- no, not Bombadil. A Bergeron. <laughs> I'll give it a Bergeron. Awesome. Uh, so next for release date delays, uh, Mission Impossible 7 and 8 have both been delayed, which makes sense because, well, first of all, they are sequels, um, but they are actually being filmed back to back. So Mission Impossible 7 and 8 were both supposed to be coming out in August of 2021 and 2022, respectively. But now they've both been moved to November of those same years. Eight will actually be competing with a lot of with a couple other big movies. It'll be competing with Shazam two and a currently untitled Disney live action film. Jimmy, what do you think about that? Yeah, Shazam could pose a threat, um, but Mission Impossible, man. That since three, there's just been such a high quality mm-hmm. of films, and I even added a little to the a little tidbit to the notes there that when I was making my videos for the Tom Cruise most insane stunt, I could not believe ghost protocol is from 2011. Yeah. That's almost 10 years ago. That's all um, that movie just seems so fresh still. And it's so entertaining. Um, of course I think three, four, five, six are all fantastic. I'd mm-hmm. watch them over any James Bond movie in a heartbeat, <laughs> maybe casino Royale. Um, Casino Royale is real good. But so I'm super excited for for seven and eight to come back back to back years. That's like unprecedented for these movies. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, it's Christopher McQuarrie uh, and Tom Cruise, the dynamic duo from five and six. So those movies are great. There's no reason to believe these movies won't be even better because they (laughs) keep getting more and more ridiculous. And, uh, you know, we'll see if eight comes out or if Tom Cruise dies during production. I mean, I think I. I think it's pretty obvious that eight's just going to go into space at this point, right? Yeah, They're they, have- they gotta they gotta get into space. There's nothing left to do here in the and unless this- he literally just like dives into a volcano. End of seven <laughs> is gonna at- end with like <laughs> seven's gonna end with like the villain winning at least for the time being or something. But then it's gonna end with like Tom Cruise getting into a space shuttle or something. <laughs> at this point, Tom Cruise might as well just become an Avenger. Yeah, right. <laughs> Ethan, Ethan Hunt. Hunt. That that's a crossover I want to see. Let's make it happen. <laughs> uh, I will give the Mission Impossible movies being delayed a, a burger on. I guess. I you know I'm just gonna give it a, give it a broke. Uh, the fact that we're getting two of these movies in in two years. All right. All right. Um, so next we have a little bit, uh, MCU news just because, um, the MCUs have, MCU movies have shuffled around a little bit again. Uh, Dr. Strange has been moved. Dr. Strange two, that is, has been moved to March, 2022. Um, I don't remember if we had said before, but Thor is now February, 2022, but I I also added black Panther is in May of that year and captain Marvel two is in July of that year. So we are literally getting four movies in six months. (laughs) 
Wow. That's, That's going to be a lot. Yeah. Because we got... Did we get a Marvel movie yet this year? No. We're only getting one this Black year. Black Widow was supposed to be. Yeah. We were yeah. supposed to get two, but... I think New they're going to push some of these back. I, I think Captain Marvel will get pushed back at least. Maybe Black Panther too, Just because... They I thought pro- they pushed Captain Marvel up. Maybe, but I think... I think like Doctor Strange I think was the most recent development so I wouldn't be surprised if they push that back now just because I mean I don't know if they want to release six movies in or four movies in six months that's a lot I'd be worried about the fan base getting fatigued yeah that is a lot of Marvel so I don't know I'll give it a, a Bergeron because they typically know what they're doing but I'm a little skeptical I'll give it a Bergeron because, A, it doesn't matter because it's Disney. Yeah, that's <laughs> very true. Um, and, B, we're not going to... It's like this stuff is all going to shift. It, we're not going to really know when stuff is coming out until the theaters reopen yeah, and movies exactly. actually start pumping out. Tenet, please. Yeah. please. Tenet's still holding strong. That was my last note for this bit was Tenet is still holding on. I think it's July 17th or something. Mid-July. If it, if it comes out, it's going to make all the money. <laughs> well, all the money of 30% of money plus people not wanting to go to theaters. That's I true. don't know. So it'd probably I, make about the same amount. <laughs> I think Nolan it's a... I just... Man, I don't know if it's a great financial move on behalf of Warner Brothers to release it yeah. in July. but I just want it to come out. I'm excited for it. Um, yeah. Uh, so next bit of news. Uh, so the Academy has actually adjusted how they're doing the Oscars this year a little bit. The, a very temporary one just for this next year's Oscars is that streamed movies are now eligible for awards. And this is movies. These are movies without a theatrical release released uh, straight to streaming. Um, certain movies get around this like the Irishman by having very limited uh, theatrical runs. But now you don't even need that this year um, to be able to uh, be nominated for an Oscar. Um, and then besides that, Best Sound Mixing and Editing have finally been combined into one award just called Best Sound. I think it's about time that happened. because <laughs> every, everyone. <laughs> what seen, is the difference? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's like I'm sure there is. and there, Well, there definitely is. But like no one knows what it is. It's just like at this point, I feel like they get them confused just like everyone else does. And then the last bit is that the best original score has now been adjusted, so every movie has to include at least 60% original music to be nominated. Or if it's a sequel or movie from a franchise, it has to be 80%. Um, What? Yeah. It has to be 80% new if it's from a sequel? Yeah. I feel like it'd be the other way around. That's what what I saw. I don't know. In the... Wow. Wow. That's uh, really dumb if that's the case. <laughs> you know what? I'm just, this is all big fat bombadil. Hey, sound editors and sound mixers in the, in Hollywood and wherever have now have uh, half the, half, a, half as good of a chance to get an Oscar. So mm-hmm. screw that. Um, these people deserve recognition because, like you said, nobody pays attention to the sound people. It'd be nice for them to at least have an Oscar to show for it mm-hmm. if they're good. And also, that's just dumb. How are you supposed to write eighty percent new new music for a sequel? That's like, what what is the, like what is the point of that? Like, I don't know. Just write the best music possible. The best score is the best <laughs> score. You're saying that John Williams shouldn't have been eligible for the Empire Strikes Back soundtrack? I mean, come well, on. That's what I'm confused. Like, 
I don't know what spawned this. The most recent example I can think of that not being the case is like the Hateful Eight. Because the Hateful Eight uses a lot, that one best original score, but it uses a lot of previously written Ennio Morricone music for like The Thing and Exorcist 2 and movies mm-hmm. like that. And But I don't think there was like a backlash around that because most of those tracks were even unused in the movies they were written for. So like yeah. I don't know what I don't know why this is like a change they made. Yeah, I don't. I, don't, I think this is dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Bombadil. <laughs> sorry, Baskin. A Baskin. Yeah, yeah, I'll give it a Baskin too. Uh, I'll give the streamed movies part of a Brokaw though. Yeah, I Steven think it, it makes like, sense. <laughs> I think it makes sense for this year, uh, specifically. This was a bit of news I didn't write down in our original notes, but I discovered it earlier. Apparently, the South by Southwest Amazon thing is happening right now. Yeah, and apparently it's kind of a uh, dud. Yeah. Like a lot of people, films pulled out in studios and stuff. Apparently, are only around 5% of the films that were planned to show at South by Southwest are streaming. And none of them sounded interesting. I went through the small roster they had, and it was just kind of like, wow. Yeah, I, I saw it a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, eh. I mean, maybe there's a there's a good, maybe they are good, but mm-hmm. from the, they just didn't grip my attention. That's just like disappointing, because I feel like this could have been such a cool thing, but, and I was really hyped when we first mentioned it, but. Yeah, that, that those plans really went south, yeah. by southwest. <laughs> I'm going to give it a Baskin, who lives yeah. in the south. South by Southwest, brought to you by Southwest Airlines. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, I just a couple quick bits of news for Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds has been confirmed to be in a new film, uh, by f- the f- director of Free Guy, which we still haven't seen because it's been delayed. Uh, it's a movie that's going to deal with time travel, and supposedly he's going back in time to get help from a thir- from his thirteen year old self, and he's going to run into his dad, his dad who's apparently dead by the point that he's at and it sounds really sad but it's described as an action adventure thing so i don't know (laughs) i don't know what tone it's gonna i mean it's ryan reynolds so it's probably funny but it seems like he's running into his dead dad and that's a major plot point (laughs) i mean ryan ryan reynolds is on a roll so (laughs) just whatever i mean until he misses he's just gonna keep swinging (laughs) yeah so maybe he would have missed if we had watched six underground huh yeah netflix (laughs) Um, yeah, I'll give it a Brokaw, though, I guess. I'll give it a Brokaw as well. Yeah, and then uh, th- we don't have to give our opinion on this, but I thought it was funny that this week he, someone tweeted at him uh, asking if they should rent Green Lantern since it was on sale for 99 <laughs> cents on Apple TV. And then he's just, he responded on Twitter just by saying, walk away. <laughs> <laughs> so classic Ryan Reynolds hating on that iconic film role of his. Very good. Now this, Jimmy, this one will hit home for you, I know. I mean, it'll hit home uh, for both of us. It's um, coming. Last of Us Part 2. Uh, big oof this week uh, regarding Last of Us Part 2. Um, in the, as I noted here, an ongoing saga of disappointment for this game. Um, some major gameplay segments and plot details were leaked uh, just yesterday, I believe it was. Um, and yeah, yesterday or two days ago. Yeah. And I, I mean, obviously I haven't looked at anything. I'm sure you haven't looked at no. anything. Um, but apparently a lot of people are unhappy with the direction the game takes. Okay. Um, first, okay. First off, I do not care what people who read plot leaks okay, think about I it. was going to make that those note are the, too. Those are the type of people <laughs> that 
your opinion does not matter. Like, yeah, I, I will listen to anybody, but the people who scope out plot leaks and then take things. So, A, that's a type of person in of itself. Yeah. But B, you're getting it out of context, too. Yeah. And, like, it's not the entire plot that was leaked. It was just, like, some key stuff. So anything that you think is bad for the story might be, like, explained better (laughs) in the actual game, as you said, with context. So they're probably overreacting. I don't know. And I'm sure, like, if you're looking up plot leaks for this, you probably don't care about the story anyway. Like, Mm. The Last of Us, so... Well, I mean, you might... Yeah, but um, yeah, I feel like if you really cared about this game, you'd want to just play it. Yeah, in context. Um, there's this one YouTuber I kind I don't really follow him closely, but I watch a video or two of his. Luke Stevens, I think is his name. Are you familiar? He does no. like super long, thorough critique critiques of certain games. Um, I don't really watch those. Is he those. the one that did the Witcher? Did he do a Witcher one? I think he did a which he's he's they're like two okay. to three hours long and stuff like that. I don't I, I don't really I watch those. Any. I watch some of those his shorter videos, but I just saw yesterday that someone had like fake fan mailed him like this really touching letter of like, oh, your videos like help me in dark. And then they just randomly inserted Last of Us two spoilers in the middle of sentences and stuff. Oh, wow. So he had a bunch of stuff spoiled for him. And then, like, he tried to scroll out of the email, and he just, like, saw all these pictures that were, like, he said they were, like, super legit gameplay screenshots. He's, like, there's just, he's, like, there's no way they could have been faked, but people, I can't believe people are out there trying to ruin it for other people. Yeah. And, like, people are spamming anything about The Last of Us, like, any videos, so I'm just, like, completely avoiding everything, because I really don't want to know. I'm just glad I don't typically look at Last of Us stuff anyway, because... <laughs> I guess I'm not I'm not as obsessed with it as you are, Jimmy. Um, but I'm no, just I'm, excited. I, no, for the I know. Next game. I know I am too. Not as excited as you. I think it's going to be very divisive, regardless. Oh yeah. I mean, Much people were still so div- than the first one. Yeah, I was going to say people are divisive on the first one's ending and whatnot. So, kind of adding on to that bit of news, uh, the Last of Us has uh, officially been announced to be coming out June 19th now. Uh, which is good that it's sooner rather than later. Yeah, that's much sooner than I thought it was. I was thinking like November. Yeah. Seriously. Um, and Ghost of Tsushima, um, the other big Sony exclusive coming out this summer, uh, got pushed back to July. But it's still it's that's it's coming out July 17th, which is less than a month after Last of Us. So getting two hopefully very quality games pretty one right after another. Yeah, I, I think that both of them look excellent. I'm. Yeah, I probably will wait on Ghost of Tsushima for a sale, um, but it looks excellent. Yeah. Uh, so spoilers obviously get a big uh, Baskin, big Baskin, two thumbs down, huge Baskin, bas- a Baskin. She killed her husband. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. And yeah, and I guess the release dates so we can give Brokaz. Yeah. Uh, just a couple last bits of news. Uh, this one I actually wrote down for last week, and I kind of moved to this week since it this week is a lot <laughs> more uh, less interesting just in terms of news. But there's a movie being made, a new movie on the. There Green is a, new, a a movie being made. Yeah, believe it or not, of the Green Hornet and Kato. 
um, which is based off of, uh, for those of you who don't know who the Green Hornet is, it's based off of old radio serials and a TV show of the very same name that had uh, Bruce Lee starring as Kato. And they were kind of like these very early ideas of like superheroes and crime fighters and whatnot. Um, very much just hand-to-hand combat kind of thing, though. Um, it's being made at Universal. And my big question is, who wants this, Jimmy? <laughs> <laughs> wasn't there a Seth Rogen Green Hornet? Yeah, it came out like in the 2000s and apparently wasn't very good. Yeah, I don't care. I don't either. I'm going to give it a Bergeron. <laughs> Bergeron, yeah. We'll probably see it if it if it comes out and is any good. Uh, or we just won't. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> um, and then uh, my last bit I want to talk about is... Um, this uh, kind of flew under my radar until I was doing research, but apparently Lego movies are now being made by Universal um, as opposed to Warner Bros., who has previously held the license. Uh, Warner Bros. let the license expire after uh, Lego Movie 2 underperformed um, their expectations. Um, but since like a lot of the since the first movie and the Batman movie and maybe even the Ninjago movie, I never saw that. I don't know. Um, but since they did so well, a lot of other studios were quick, ready to snap that property up. And now uh, Universal owns it. Yeah, so. that's, that seems like a mistake. Yeah. I I don't know what went wrong with the second one. Because, like, people liked we, it. I really liked it. Yeah, we liked it. It was, like, our first review on the second <laughs> review or something. <laughs> yeah. No, was it our first? I think it was our first. It was uh, our first review, second episode yeah, is what it was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I th- and I think most people liked it. I don't really know why it did so much worse than the first one, but February release maybe, possibly. But yeah, I uh, the website I was reading this on was talking about how they might not be able to use Warner Bros. properties for the Legos anymore, and they might have to move Ooh. the Universal stuff. But I'm also wondering because like they used like Star Wars characters in the first one, and like they used- how does that affect Batman? I don't know. That's what well, that's what I'm wondering because like if they used other companies' properties like Disney and stuff in the first movie and maybe some of the other ones, like does it matter? Yeah, is it just the Lego licenses? Do those yeah. carry over to film? I don't know. And then isn't there a Lego Batman two already like made or being made? I yeah, I thought that was being made. Maybe not anymore. No, I would think so because Lego Lego Batman Lego Batman did really well, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. I don't know. We'll look into that. Maybe we'll mention it next week. Um, but I mean, Lego Batman movie was good. I liked it. Hopefully, I've the three Lego movies I've seen, which is all of them, but Ninjago have all been excellent. So, yeah. um, so I'll give that a Bergeron, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'll give it a Bombadil. What are you doing? Yeah, WB. It seems like a dumb idea on their part, but whatever. Um, that's it for the the toms this week though so we should go on to a review jimmy what are we reviewing first hold on Sutter. let's do our listener request i think we should just do that every week do our listener request listener request first all right castle howl's moving castle i knew a kid in high school named jackson howell did not have a moving castle disappointing (laughs) yeah this howl is much better i guess but also creepier okay we need to do a gap here jimmy (laughs) stop talking we don't need to do a gap we don't i thought we always do a gap no holden see you haven't edited it yet i thought you're gonna edit last week but uh, 
Didn't oh, have Final Cut Pro installed. Yes, sandbagger. I, I have okay. it now. Um, it's okay. But yeah, so How's Moving Castle? Um, it's a uh, movie made by Studio Ghibli. Um, very, very famous um, Japanese animation studio um, and very successful, especially in the Western market, too. Um, directed by Hayao Miyazaki, a world-renowned artist and, quite frankly, one of the most talented people alive, I think. Um, especially if you... Other than, other than us. Other than us. <laughs> if you look into his craft, there's tons of videos you can watch online where he'll like do drawings and whatnot. He is, or he is incredibly just finicky and everything and the finesse he puts into everything incredible and well i mean we'll talk about that here a little bit but are we doing non-spoilers and spoilers yeah okay yeah let's Let's do do a short non-spoiler yeah because this movie is very weird so it's it's hard to uh (laughs) i think it's hard to do non-spoilers so yeah uh gist of this movie um i'll try not to get into it too much but it's basically about this um young woman uh named sophie and uh she gets cursed by a witch to become an old lady um and she's stuck in this old old person body but the the catch with this curse is is that she can't tell anyone that she's cursed or who did the who put this curse on her and so no one can some like most people don't know that she's sophie and she's just this like old woman um but she runs into a colorful cast of characters, which we find in Howl, a wizard, uh, Calcifer, a young, uh, a small, a fire demon, and a young boy named Merkel, I think, or Markle, something like that. <laughs> something like that. And um, the scarecrow. And the scarecrow, yes. A turnip with, head. With the turnip for a head. Yeah. So, what did you think of this movie, Jimmy? I thought it was delightful, Holden. It was. Yeah. It was original it was breathtaking at parts it was nonsensical in other parts <laughs> some things didn't line up a ton um some things didn't make much sense i think the very end of this movie is very sloppy sure. <laughs> in terms of some, there's some lines that i'm like okay that did not i did that was so out of nowhere and didn't need to happen let's see i just thought the music was st- a standout oh yeah um, I liked the animation, although the the choppy frame rate, I didn't love. I was distracted at parts by that. It's did very. Did you have a choppy frame rate? It was like not smooth animation. Oh, I get what you're saying. I like it's that, definitely meant that way. Yeah, and that didn't bother at parts, me. At parts, it didn't bother me, but at the beginning, it was, and it was, it kind of felt like it varied from time to time. Mm-hmm. I um, think. I think that's a, I think that's a Ghibli thing, and that might be yeah, an anime it, it thing in general. It was definitely a stylistic choice, yeah. and I just didn't love it. It was kind of, it felt very choppy visually. Yeah. But other than that, I thought it was the animation, the colors. I um, think, yeah, I think the animation is like probably the standout bit of this movie. It's just so everything is so beautiful. Characters are animated quite well. Um, I, I mean, I don't have a problem with the, the choppy frame rate kind of thing, but it um, it is present, I guess. Every background looks like a painting. I think that's kind of a, a generic compliment to give these animated movies, that, these hand-drawn animation uh, movies. But it's true in this case. Like, everything just looks so gorgeous. I love the way the castle is animated. I think that's so cool. Just, like, it looks 
it's not really anim it doesn't look like it's animated exactly the same as everything else but it doesn't really seem too out of place um in the world that's my thoughts on the animation i guess the mu you mentioned the music and i think the music is beautiful it sounds almost just like a symphony like some sort of very very yeah. long uh it, symphonic it, piece yeah it parts it was it felt very um fantasia yeah there were um, some oh what were you gonna say no go ahead uh there were some motifs in it that i mostly noticed after i went and listened to the soundtrack after i watched the movie just because i liked it so much there are some motifs in it that i even thought i was like that sounds like shadow of the colossus to me which i know you didn't love that soundtrack but <laughs> no there were i did get a few shadow of the colossus vibes from this but yeah. vibes that i liked yeah okay still need to play that last level <laughs> yeah just do it <laughs> i just you're literally I haven't at the done end. it uh, uh <laughs> It was, yeah, it reminded me part stylistically of Shadow of the Colossus, but, you know, I liked it, mm -hmm. including the castle. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah I th this movie was funnier than I thought it was going to be. Mm -hmm. Again, there's some character things that didn't make a ton of sense to me, but the movie's so whimsical and, like you said, finessed in other regards that it's easy to overlook a lot of those things. Yeah. And the overall experience was just a delight with some interesting, more mature themes uh, kind of underpinning the entire film. I think so. Yeah, I, I think the world is interesting. I would have maybe liked to see some elements more fleshed out. Mm -hmm. But overall, I think it was a, a very solid viewing experience for my first Studio Ghibli film. I really like, I think, well, we, oh, I guess we should say we watched the English dub of this movie um, as opposed to the sub, which I know a lot of people will get up in arms about if you're a big It was Holden's fan. choice. It was my choice. I, because I think I'm not well versed in anime, nor do I claim to be, um, but the Ghibli movies I have seen, the English dubs are quite good for the most part. And so I, and that's the way I had originally experienced this movie and I don't think it really took away from the experience too much. Um, I think like Billy Crystal is pretty funny as, mm -hmm. as Calcifer, the fire demon. Um, and I think the two actresses who voiced Sophie did a very good job, especially the older one, which I thought was interesting. I can't remember what her name was, but to me, it just seemed interesting that she gave like a very, this very good vocal performance, but she was like this older actress. And this is kind of like a new type of animated movie i guess at the time so for her to be all in on this was kind of cool uh christian bale was okay <laughs> he was probably I the did not like christian bale he sounded yeah. very creepy and like a predator he kind of did <laughs> and he didn't like i don't know he didn't seem super into it no he seemed like he was there to get his paycheck yeah i did i just he... didn't or the direction of it didn't love it he was probably the one vocal performance I didn't love. Um, Josh Hutchins Hutcherson. Um, is he the kid? He's the kid. I was wondering that because I saw he was in the cast, but I couldn't find yeah. it. So a very, very young uh, PETA from the Hunger Games uh, was the kid. I think I'm good non-spoiler wise. If we I think I am too. Spoilers. I think we most of this can be talked about in the spoilers. Uh, rec highly recommend this movie. Way to recommend it during the non-spoilers this time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you ready to give our ratings? <laughs> yeah, I'll give it a nine out of ten. I think I'm going eight and a half out of ten. Okay, yeah, it's if you like weird whimsical 
movies. Don't let, like, I know there there is a stigma against anime, which even I hold a little bit. I think Ghibli movies are kind of in a league of their own in regards to quality. Don't let that deter you, I guess, from watching Howl's Moving Castle. Yeah, there is some character designs that seem very anime <laughs> and some voice acting. Yeah, and, and kind of the beginning, but I think as you settle into the story and the characters and you start to buy into these relationships, that, that kind of melts away. Yeah. All right, let's move on to spoilers. Sure thing. Well, Jimmy, what do you want to hit first in spoilers? All right, well, I've covered my frame rate thing. Uh, Christian Bale is a creep. Um, <laughs> especially at the beginning, very creepy. He is kind of creepy at the beginning. He's like, "That's my girl." You met this lady five minutes ago, okay? <laughs> Weirdo. Uh, I want to talk about the job of the hut neck on the witch of the waste. I, <laughs> I love the witch of the waste. The way she's animated, <laughs> it's so funny, and it's just like. That might be the most anime character design just because, like, it's very, very over the top and how, like, large she is. But her neck is just <laughs> disgusting. Her climbing up the stairs is so funny. <laughs> that was a great scene. Um, also, when Sophie first turns really old, she's like, they exaggerate their wrinkles so much with, like, the extreme close ups. Mm hmm. Kind of like the old days Spongebob that yeah. sort of animation. It was like, oh, she's so old. Don't need to see that. I loved all the old lady jokes. Like I've never been fat. I've never been fatter, but I'm colder than ever. Yeah. And I thought they were like, it wasn't just like making fun of old people. It was like, yeah, this is probably how old people think. <laughs> yeah. I just had some of those jokes written down. Uh, one, one of the scenes... <laughs> They're eating lunch and it's just bread with a tomato on it. <laughs> I was like, I that must be a Japanese thing. Although I got to say when they're cooking that bacon and those eggs. It looks so good. And uh, I watched this with my my dad was in the room. Um, but he he commented about how like especially like Japanese animation always loves just like over animating the food and just making it look so good i'm like oh the bacon was huge it was thick cut bacon if you're a thin cut bacon person get out of here get out of here <laughs> just, we're, we're a thick cut bacon family just kidding <laughs> just kidding please stay <laughs> yeah we need all the listeners we can get <laughs> um the world uh, very interesting i liked the backdrop of this war that was going on they kind of touched on it but I don't know. I didn't feel like they got into it as much as I would have liked. There was one good line um, and one good analogy where Christian Bale's character, um, the wizard, I'm forgetting the name. Howl. Howl. You know, <laughs> it's in the, the title. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of transforms into this quote-unquote monster. And the other wizards that apparently are fighting in this war, which you didn't see a ton of. You saw no, more that of was, these henchmen. I think that was something I would have liked to see more is like these other wizards because we only see them supposedly in these monstrous forms after they've been transformed. So like, and the majority of the antagonists are like the 
hench are they're just henchmen blobs <laughs> which are never uh, weird okay i guess and they're also the same between the Suleiman and the witch of the waste yeah that was weird was confusing they had like masks on to differentiate them which was i i you know i would have liked to seen the wizards more but anyway there's this one line where he kind of talks about like the more you get into this and they're since they're transforming while they're in the war they kind of forget that they're human at all and i thought that was a really neat metaphor mm-hmm for like you're not the same once you come back from war and you you know you might forget what it's like to be human if you're so long gone yeah i also thought it was interesting that this is a japanese movie and everybody's like white european yeah well (laughs) is that the case for all studio ghibli movies or is this just well that's just kind of the way that to me that i mean once again anyone listening who knows more about anime than me please don't take this with a grain of salt, but most anime tends to like animate them white from what I've seen. Most anime I've seen, I guess. And that's not to say everyone is obviously, but like I know uh, cowboy bebop, which is one of the animes I have seen. Most characters in that I think are supposed to be like white or American kind of characters. Um, And I think most studio Ghibli movies are, I'm trying to think the ones I've seen are this, uh, spirited away kiki's delivery service um and ponyo ponyo might they might be asian characters in that i don't know but i think this i think them being white was more a direct reference from miyazaki to uh comments on at the time what the iraq war was going on mm-hmm. um and he uh, miyazaki is an out very outspoken pacifist so i think since this came out around that time, that was very much linked to that. So the fact that they're white was probably attacking us more than anything. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> you and me. Yep. <laughs> Specifically us. Um, I did have the step scene down in my notes. That's a standout scene. Yeah. It's so funny. And I love the dog. <laughs> the dog. <laughs> kind of reminded me of you a little bit, Olden. I'm not going to lie. I don't know if it was the beard on that thing or the laziness. I just love, I love it's wheezing. It's like, <laughs> like coughs. Yeah. The mustache game is pretty good for a lot of the characters in here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Speaking of things out of left field, Turnip Head's identity at the end <laughs> of the movie was the most unnecessary like plot reveal I've ever seen in a movie, I think. I thought it was it's really up there funny. there with the... Uh, it's up there with the breast cancer <laughs> storyline and the no, it's not in the room. It's not. It's, it's no, up there for it's being not that up, unnecessary. But it's not. It's not that bad because like there are several times in the movie <laughs> where they blatantly foreshadow towards it, and especially watching it again, you can see it. But it does not matter at all it does it may not matter but like it's so jarring. comparing it to the room where they literally mention that in one scene <laughs> and it has absolutely literally no one reacts to it is so unfair jimmy like <laughs> i don't know man it was so just i was just completely taken out of the movie and started laughing when he's like and i'm the prince from the even just the way he says it too he's like and i'm the prince everybody's looking for yeah <laughs> it's like and then the dog's like he's like happy and then the movie just ends i'm like okay what the heck um 
I uh, I liked Turnip Head though. Yeah, great. I loved him as a scarecrow. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was great. The characters um, are excellent. Yeah. The, I didn't necessarily buy the the love relationship, the romantic relationship between Howell and Sophie. At least I didn't buy into that as I did with her relationship to Markle. Um, sure. And you know, even the the witch at the waist and and turnip head. Uh, um, Suleiman or Suleiman or whatever Suleiman. her name is. I yeah. did not understand her character really at all because she seems to be the antagonist and then randomly at the end of the movie she's like all right let's call off the war and i was like what prompted you to do that yeah i don't know i don't disagree with that um the and there also there's also not really a confrontation with her either no after she's kind of introduced as the antagonist yeah which is interesting you just see her blob henchman um i thought one of the things that I thought was interesting was um, so I like they almost they played with the theme of age quite a bit in this movie, um, both especially with like Sophie and the Wicked Witch or the Wicked Witch. It's not Wicked Witch. The Witch of the Waste. That one. The fat one. Um, but like I thought it was interesting how like Sophie is like she everything that she does to progress the movie forward is like something that you typically would think of an old woman as doing like she's being very caring and nurturing and you know she's she's helping out quite a bit and supportive and whatnot and it's not and it's just like it was weird when I started thinking about it because I'm like you don't often see these kinds of characters like as protagonists in these kind of movies but it like worked in this case because obviously it was a big I mean like I don't know I just thought it was interesting interesting character theme for Miyazaki to tackle yeah and I really liked how we discovered things through her character as well we discovered them alongside her so yeah part of the immersion part of the world building uh it was a lot more effective because of that decision yes all right Um, I think that's wraps up pretty much I, everything I wanted to say. What do you have to add here before we move on to Tiger King? Uh, I don't think I really have anything, but just, yeah, you, I mean, you should, <laughs> you watch, should it. watch it. You should watch it. Classic no, but I mean, <laughs> If you have watched this in prep for this week, go watch some of Miyazaki's other films. I think, so Ghibli has a lot of films under their studio banner, but most of the ones that the Western audience is um, familiar with are the ones directed by Miyazaki. And so go check those out for show for sure. Spirited Away. I think for show. For show. I think Kiki's Delivery Service is my favorite, but I also have a lot of a lot of nostalgia for that one. That one is I grew up with that movie. Um but yeah, just go watch those movies. I most of you've probably seen Spirited Away. Jimmy hasn't he's dumb but <laughs> <laughs> yeah is that... Yu-Gi-Oh anime yep <laughs> yes yeah uh then yeah I've, it is I guess then I've seen anime there we go <laughs> <laughs> before Studio Ghibli quality anime alright let's go on to Tiger King Alright, Holden. So I think we should do just a quick non-spoiler. Are you saying there's like, no random segment this week, Jimmy? 
I'm saying that because this is a long episode. That is true. Uh, so random. Just, and I just, and I forgot until 20 minutes into recording the podcast that that's fu- no, that's one. fine. And we're doing this early too, so I'll um, make up for it with a great random segment next week. It does make also, sense though. Also, update: I said I was going to upload the Tiger or the Tiger, the Tom Cruise quiz online. I was working on editing that, and that just absolutely sucked. To and it was very time consuming, and I just it hated it. Because I had to make all the graphics for all the questions. And it oh, was, sure. It sucked. And then I had to find images. So I just was like, I hate this. This is and this is not sustainable for my happiness. And <laughs> um, so I decided, you know what? Let's just let random segment be a thing on the podcast mm-hmm. um, for the podcast listeners to enjoy. And so I don't hate myself. We'll, uh, yeah, random segment will keep going. I think it was probably smart not to do it this week because Tiger King is a full TV show. (laughs) So there's a lot to cover here. But like we Um, said, quick non-spoiler here. If you haven't seen it somehow. Um, okay. So I want to start out by saying, Jimmy, I watched only half of the last episode and I quit. (laughs) The The, add-on? The the add-on. And that's, and I mean, we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, probably in a little bit but i just thought it was very unnecessary and really really rushed and i was like i don't i'm not learning anything from this i'm just gonna i'll let jimmy talk about it if he wants to yeah i watched that a few days ago i so i wrapped it up a couple or two or three days ago so i i remember there were a few things that stood out to me from that episode and i and it's kind of blurred because i you know what what's in what episode but i did learn a, a couple things from that and i'll have we, to just bring them up to make sure that yeah they were in that or whatever but um so the the show is seven episodes long um a quick kind of synopsis of what it's about i guess um so it's about this guy very very interesting man named exotic joe i can't remember joe, his nope joe exotic or joe <laughs> joe exotic that's right <laughs> not exotic joe um, exotic I, joe's our friend joe lust it sh- sure is <laughs> um i can't that is the adjective i would use to describe joe <laughs> exotic i can't i can't remember what is real na- what joe uh joe exotic's real name is. yeah it's joe something it's a, it's, it's a hyphenated thing yeah um but he's he owns he's, this zoo kind of thing um down in oklahoma he's this very very eccentric um it's a tiger zoo yeah, he's a gun-toting, gay, redneck. What? What are the other tiger, tiger I zoo owning <laughs> guy? But yeah, he's this he's this gay redneck essentially who owns this zoo, and it's just it is. bizarre. His life is very interesting. Um, everything that happens in the show is pretty wild. Although I want to say I didn't, I was not that surprised by most of this show and that's partially just because of the hype around it like i think it's not like i was actively reading stuff about it but i would just hear tidbits here and there about what the show what the show had and everyone's like oh like at the end of every episode is like a cliffhanger you get you, know, you just want to keep watching and i was like i sat down and it was very entertaining but at the end of every episode i'm like yeah, I can be done right now, and I turn it off and go to bed or whatever. <laughs> like, I'm comfortable. Yeah, I thought it was entertaining. I mean, there was—I don't think after every episode I felt the need to go on, but there were certain episodes where I was like, "Oh, whoa, wait, what?" So I think purely from a, I guess 
that standpoint, it's a little bit overhyped, but I still think this is a very high quality documentary and very interesting documentary. I I think it's um, yeah, I think it's super super entertaining. It just writes itself. It's one of those stories that you just it, you don't even have to do anything. Does. It just writes itself. This cast of characters, it's what is happening, all his Joe Exotic's it, desire to be in front of a camera and to be controversial is just incredible. This coming from me, I'm since I'm a journalism major in school right now, it is without a doubt just the very definition of taking doing interviews and then letting letting the interviews write the direction that you take the story like in the since documentary you know is essentially a form of video journalism it's just like you literally see the documentary crew throughout this series like react and adapt the story because the way that it ends up is not at all what they originally planned on it being and like there's cert- there's a few different points in this show where like the director or like other people on the crew are just like, like what is happening? Okay, that's a little like, misleading because there's two documentaries going on. There's one that was like this. Not the, so one was like a, they were making a reality show, and then the docu. Well, yes, this documentary yeah. is kind of follows the making of that reality show, and you see that reality. It's yeah. not necessarily the making of the documentary. It was the making of this reality show. And the documentarians kind of follow this and their process of what is happening. So in that sense, okay. yeah. So they weren't aiming, aiming to make a doc. It was aimed to be a reality show like Duck Dynasty and that sort of thing. Um, and then it just was like, what is happening? Um, and then yeah. the documentarians got in there and were asking the, that production crew and all these other people around Joe Exotic, you know, what was this process like? And it takes all these twists and turns. But but there is a little bit of that too because it does evolve as yeah. they're making the documentary, but just not quite yeah. as much. It's not, this, not from the start to the end. But yeah, it's super, yeah. it's super interesting. I think this is just, you know, it can't hurt to watch the first episode. I think it probably takes a couple episodes actually to get going though. Like the first episode has a lot in it, but it's a lot of background. Um, I think it maybe takes until the second episode to really get uh, really the the really interesting stuff Yeah, I stuff would agree. It, it gets more um, interesting in the second episode. I would say it's more interesting in the first half than the second half of the documentary just because you get more of those twists and turns yeah. and stuff. But yeah, it's just the biggest surprise is that a person like Joe exotic exists. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. And all, and these, other all these people, people around just exist. insane. It literally just seems, they seem like written characters for a movie or TV show. Like it's, it's one of those things when they inevitably make a movie about this, about these events, like the characters that they'll have in that movie are just so perfectly suited for like a screen presence like already they're not really going to have to amalgamate any characters together or anything or like make up any new ones because all of these characters are already just so interesting and bizarre. <laughs> all right. Got anything else to say before we go into spoilers and give our rating? No, I think that's it. All right, it. Holden, what's your rating? No, you go first. I gave my first one on All right. Alice. I think, you know, I think this was very entertaining. Like I said, the story just writes itself. It's just the unbelievable really just that all these people exist i think it's very well put together very well edited edited um the interviews are fantastic i'm gonna say um 
it's a, it's a nine out of 10 for me. Yeah. I think I'll probably give it that too. If you like documentaries, you're going to like this. Yeah, you will. Even if you don't like documentaries, you might still like this because it's kind of in the same league of like making a murder for like phenomenon. Which I never saw. I never did either. (laughs) (laughs) Great comparison. Yep. Let's go to spoilers. All right, Holden. So there's a lot to talk about. Oh, yeah. A lot to unpack in this show. What do you, should we tackle it kind of character by character? Or yeah, I think that's probably for the best because I don't remember like what happened episode to episode specifically. Yeah. So maybe should we start with Joe? Joe Exotic? Sure. Joe, I think, is the most... I don't like he's a little character I don't know how to feel about the most and maybe that's the intent of the documentary because honestly up until like the last couple episodes I was just kind of like you know he does he's like not a good guy but he's doesn't seem like that terrible I guess in some respects Uh, he did like some bad things but like overall and I mean I knew like the whole murder for hire plot was coming but it's just like to me, it seemed like such a turn where, especially in the last episode, they started focusing on how he maybe had abused these animals and killed them. Um, I don't know. It seemed like a very big turn and it seemed like such a sudden shift that I still don't know how I'm feeling about it. Yeah, I definitely you feel a sense of rooting for him a little bit. Mm-hmm. The first kind of half of the documentary, but then you uncover more and more information about him and just how kind of terrible he was a lot of the time to its employees yeah um i mean he would do things for them like he had they showed his thanksgiving dinner and all that but he just was like yelled at them all the time would just randomly fire people just to be like good television um was the story about the lady who brought her horse in the final episode or in the add-on episode um that was probably in the add-on episode because i don't remember that okay so this was told by the guy who was putting together the reality show, mm-hmm. um, who was by far my favorite interview interviewee or yeah interviewee. Yeah, he was. I thought he was the most interesting person to listen to. I don't. Do you have a favorite person that they interviewed? I mean, I don't know what my favorite one to listen to is. I definitely have one that I was rooting for. Like I have one that I thought was the most redeemable. <laughs> Because a lot of people say that like there's very few characters in this that are not redeemable, and I have one in mind. But do you want to talk about it now? No, no, you can. T- you were in the middle of talking about your thing, the horse story. Yeah. So anyway, the horse story. The the uh, TV producers like, yeah. So one day this lady comes in with her horse, and he's getting old, and she's just bawling, and she goes up to Joe. She's like, I can't. I can't. Like, I don't have room for this horse. He's getting older. He can't, like, I can't economically keep him. Like, do you have, can you take him in and will you have a place for him? And Joe's like, oh, yeah, we've got all these pastures. He's got plenty of places to go. We'll make sure he's in great care. And she's just bawling because she loves this horse, you know, like, a, mm-hmm. and he says all this and she gives him the horse. And then he's like, hey, I forget the documentarian. Or the TV producer out. He's like, hey, come over here and watch this. And he go immediately when the lady leaves, he takes this horse out back, shoots it in the head and says, it's tiger meat now. I'm not taking care of anybody's animals. Oh, and it's just like, 
yeah that to me was like yeah i'm not rooting for you anymore joe <laughs> you can you can go to jail yeah um uh, yeah i so yeah I, that was one of the t- big tidbits from the add-on episode he also said i don't know if you were there uh joe was terrified of cats of big cats i don't i don't think that was said in the yeah, no, that well, was that, definitely the add-on. Yeah, I, but I, don't, I don't know if you got to that. Yeah, so he was like, he thought it was so funny that he was like the Tiger King, uh, terrified of tigers. He said the tigers in his like ads, um, in his political ad or whatever, um, one was blind and the other was super heavily sedated. Oh, wow. And like, yeah. Huh. So he said, yeah, Yikes. he was just terrified of like grown tigers which he thought was just kind of funny and that the documentary didn't really showcase all that much. Yeah. So those were the, the two standout pieces for me, I think. Sure. I Seems wish they would have been able to interview Carol and her insane, equally insane husband. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, do we want to talk about Carol? Well, or do we have any other things to... I guess okay, for look, Joe, I want to say the one bit... I guess the one bit that made me not, I don't know when he like, he very obviously burned down that studio. Yeah. And killed the alligators. Yeah. And that was like so blatantly obvious, like based on the evidence provided. And I mean, obviously, you know, like two sides to every story, I guess. So we don't know if how much this evidence holds up, but it just seems a lot like he did that. And I thought that was really shitty. It seems like Carol, is insane but it, that doesn't seem like a carol thing to do yeah no so to try to frame her for that i don't really see the point in her doing that i guess yeah so uh, any uh anything else to say about joe off the top of your head now no i just i don't know he in a weird way he's maybe the one i have the least to say about just because i feel the most conflicted about him because like other ones i have like you know a lot more straight up opinions about and I could go on about, you know, why I don't like them or why I do like them. But I don't know. Joe's just he's very, very interesting. The fact that he ran for president and governor just <laughs> just like wild with like it, no legitimate platform. Yeah. Uh, he handed out condoms with his face on it. <laughs> that was funny. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't I don't know. Also, I do you want to go into favorite characters now, maybe? Sure. Or favorite people. So my my two, and I'm guess guessing this may be your most redeemable person. My favorite two were the TV producer, because mm-hmm. um, I thought he was very just what he had to say and yeah. how burned he was by the situation that like he invested so much into this and it just it literally, it literally burned. Yeah, it kind of sucks that he like dropped off like halfway through the series because like I would have liked to see he does he there's like a few episodes where he's just not in it until like the very end of the uh, of the series. I would have liked to see him more. He also just record he saw Joe in front of the camera all the time. He was there. He recorded everything. Yeah. And he so he was there for it all um more than anybody around Joe really or as much as anybody. Then the uh campaign manager would be my uh, yeah he's my most redeemable and i think another redeemable there are a couple more um one is the uh person who lost their arm yeah Uh, oh yeah i yeah i don't i don't yeah he seemed to really care about the animals a lot um and also Mm -hmm. the zoo the head zookeeper the guy with 
Yeah, I liked him. <laughs> he also bit. seemed to very much care about the animals, and they were mm-hmm. seemed to be in it for the right reasons. Um, I also, I don't know if you got into this in the add-on episode with his ex-husband, John, the guy who had, like, no teeth and was shirtless the whole time. Did you see him yeah. in the add-on episode? He, no. He said, like, so, one, he has, like, teeth now. He's, like, all cleaned up. He's, like, I have not. He was a little tiffed by his portrayal in the documentary because he was, like, they kind of portrayed me as, like, this meth head doofus. But he's, like, I haven't used drugs since I left Joe, like, six years ago or whatever. He's Or since his yeah. daughter was born. Sorry. He's, I think she's four years old or something. And he's, like, looks, like, super cleaned up. And it's like, wow, really? you do not look anything like you are in the documentary. That was really interesting to see. Um, and yeah, he, I, I guess now that you say it, he didn't really do anything too bad. And anything that he maybe did was all because of Joe. So like, he's like a good person from what we can tell. Yeah, he and he was definitely like, he just saw that as a bad situation and wanted to get away and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that, that was interesting to see how he's, changed also another Um, kind of crappy thing joe did was get remarried like a month after travis this travis's accident yeah i thought that was pretty shitty and invited travis's mom to the wedding as like two people two guests i physically cringed at that i was like oh my god um you have any other favorite characters you wanted to say well so that we can talk about the campaign manager a little bit that like ties into that because he's the one who saw Travis kill himself. And that scene, I'm just like, Holy shit. First of all, first of all, like, I mean, obviously a terrible incident and everything, but literally could not have been filmed more perfectly to see, get a reaction without it being gruesome. And like, there may be some like iffy ethics things as to if like they should have even put that in, but like nothing was shown on screen and like just seeing the campaign manager's reaction. Yeah. You just see that. I'm just like, and then you just, yeah. Horror. And like, it is pretty harrowing. I think that was probably the most surprising bit of the, of the whole series for me was that, and it's not even like Travis was like a major player in the show or anything, but it was, it just came so out of left field. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it seemed very unintentional from the way he describes yeah, it. It um, was. So and I can't imagine how traumatic that would be for him. Yeah. And it I mean it sucks because like he's literally only in this for like that and like he's he was Joe's campaign manager so he was around a bit, but like Joe's campaign was all like a publicity stunt mm-hmm. pretty much. So like so like like his having a campaign manager is very unnecessary. So like he didn't even need to be there. Like it, it's just it seems so well. So yeah, well, he needed to be there because he needs to take it seriously because this is what he sees as catapulting his career. I mean, and it's something he couldn't That's turn true. down either. I That's think he true. said he was like a Walmart, you know, whatever team member or whatever. Yeah, manager. he was a manager. I think. Um, so to get that opportunity, you can't turn that down. Um, and that's your one chance mm-hmm. to kind of you got to be successful in that. Otherwise, you're done. Um, yeah. So I kind of felt. I mean, he got the once in a lifetime opportunity, but he had to go through all this crap, <laughs> and then uh, and then yep. tra- trauma, extreme trauma, because I can't, I yeah. cannot even imagine. And then they just didn't, you know, therapy or anything didn't even register to them. He's 
he's I think I mean I think he was also the most rational character yeah just in general like I mean sure he may have made that decision just to further his career but he said he said he knew he was dealing with a crazy man too yeah and like he knew he backed out you know like or he kind of he even there's like a point in the documentary where he says like he never talked to Joe after that and that was probably a wise decision on his part um so yeah I also I I also thought it was fascinating how he really cared about Joe too especially after and he felt connected to Joe um Mm -hmm. even though he was insane I just thought that was a very interesting dynamic it was almost like the Stockholm (laughs) it oh yeah it was a little bit of that um you know he wasn't literally held captive but in a way if a little bit um we can't have this conversation without discussing Carol Baskin and yeah. her. Who is? <laughs> do you think? Okay, so question number one: Do you think Carol killed her husband? Hundred percent. There is no way she did not kill her husband. I am definitely leaning that way. I gotta say, working at so last three summers before this one, I worked at this TV station. Mm-hmm. One of the shows that I would see on a daily basis was forensic files and believe me Mm. i've seen enough forensic files to know that carol baskin has done something shady and she is a compulsive liar you can just tell you can just tell she is the way she talks you're like you are a compulsive liar and like i i apologize because i don't have any specific examples but i i am 95 percent sure she contradicts herself several times in this series just at different points which doesn't paint a good picture for her either and she like also her indifference towards her husband's disappearance like that alone like she even at the time she seems so just indifferent about what's happening and sure she can pull out the waterworks a little bit here and there but for the most part she just looks like she does not care and she looks that way even more now when she's talking about it. Like she's not even like, she's not even really sad that he's gone. Like she's not even pretending to be um, sad. And then she does her whole laugh thing, like the ha ha ha. I was like, you are such a liar. Yeah. And then she does that bit. A lot of people like to point this out. She does that bit where she's like, you know, if if I had killed someone, I would you know cover them in sardine oil because you know then you know the tigers would have just ate them all up. And then we're like what <laughs> people watching it are like why would you think of that <laughs> yeah um and that was that was on a different episode like that was unrelated to her murder that but you can connect it yeah um also her husband is so weird he their photos yeah. and him like singing to her in that and it's just their relationship is so cringeworthy <laughs> It's like, oh, these are two crazy cat people. And the way she just manipulates other people. I mean, maybe that's maybe you'd have to be crazy to marry her. Oh, you have to be the evidence presented. I mean, like that. So the third episode is the one that really focuses on Carol Baskin a lot. And like that whole that like beginning part of the episode where we learn about her growing up and her whole like backstory. It's just like. What the? What is wrong? Yeah, she basically you? just like, steals wh- that lady's husband. Yeah, like what? What went wrong in your upbringing? 
<laughs> yeah, I, I love because she's she's also always been like a crazy cat person. Like it's it's been a thing since she was little. And her all her like vi- like VHS tapes where she's like doing get rich quick schemes and doing mm-hmm. things that she was calling out Joe for doing. I just thought that was all yeah fascinating. The hypocrisy and again just she is I can you can just tell she's a compulsive liar. Now, whether or not she actually killed yeah. her husband, I don't and know. I, but I can tell that she is insane. And <laughs> she, I feel like she was she's definitely capable of doing something like that. And, you know, it's hard to make this. I mean, it's hard to, like, decide things like that based off of a documentary. Because, as I said previously, this is only one documentary. So maybe, you know, they just they were maybe they were more biased than we thought. And they left out a ton of evidence. To the someone, contrary. There was someone in the Adam episode that said Unless they you thought do- it was presented very fairly and i i can't remember if it was the tv producer or i don't you know what i think it was the campaign manager maybe i oh, i remember because yeah. i another character we have to talk about is jeff Lowe, but we'll, we'll get to him and there was one of the more reputable people i think said it was very fair i can't remember i think it was the campaign manager it might have been the head zookeeper might have been the tv producer but yeah i she was just like she was just as scummy as joe but she just held herself in such a higher regard than joe like joe was not afraid to like get dirty and be very blatant with his matters but like she would do very similar things but just do it from a more what most people would think like well oh, yeah she was ethical sense having i guess <laughs> mannequins dressed up as joe exotic she, and shooting their heads off or saying that yeah. you're gonna have your head in this jar that is nuts which oh this this is kind of connected to that but joe going to that that rally dressed as a bunny seemed like something out of a movie because i did not know that it was joe in the <laughs> bunny suit so until he took off the head <laughs> and when, when that it was very fun. It just kind of seemed like a comedy movie. Yeah. And the other thing of Carol's happens. like zoo is not even nice. Like it's a bad zoo and she's basically just no. doing what Joe is doing. Yeah. She's like tricking people into thinking that hers is better essentially. Like she has all these volunteers like that are just in love with her and her system. Oh so man. Weird. And how just insanely wealthy she is. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what else to say about Carol Baskin. Yeah, if if I were the documentary crew for this, I would have like I mean, it would have taken all of my willpower to not just question why all of her wealth like most of her wealth is not going to actually helping. Oh yeah. These like these cats. Cuz if she's like so passionate about it and she has this like huge lump of mo- of money like <laughs> and her uh her willingness to just sue people and ruin people's lives financially. Yeah. Like the, like, uh, her husband's, her ex husband's family who basically like, we are very convinced Carol killed our husband or killed our brother or. Yeah. The scenes, the scenes with them were sad. Yeah. And they can't, they feel like they can't get justice because they'll, she'll just sue them for slander Mm -hmm. and whatnot. Yeah. Crazy. Um, Jeff Lowe, Ugh. maybe a bigger scumbag. He might be the biggest. <laughs> oh my god! I 
for it. I mean, like, he comes into the show, and I already think he looks... Like, he has that look, and I don't I don't want to claim that I have a better intuition than these folks, but maybe I do. That I see this guy, and I immediately think, I'm like, this guy's a con artist. Like, he does not look like a wealthy, just philanthropist. <laughs> no. Willing to do good for the sake of Joe's zoo. But... You know, maybe, and you know, maybe Joe's just very trusting, and that might be a good thing. I don't know. <laughs> it's yeah, his whole thing with his nanny, <laughs> and oh then God. his wife. They are their lifestyle is different to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, sneaking tiger cubs into hotel rooms to get young women to hook up with. Interesting. <laughs> Probably not very ethical, in my opinion. Nope. Nor does the government think so. He's going to jail. Yes. 100%. He deserves to go to jail just as much as Joe. Yeah. Um, The guy with the monkey, he was interesting. Apparently also crazy, but the... the Which one was he? Uh, he was the partner who was building the new zoo with Jeff Lowe, oh, and Jeff. then he backed out because... Jeff wasn't doing anything because he was just conning him into it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, he did seem crazy, but at the same time, when he backed out, I was like, good for you. Yeah. That's a good call. Is it Doc Andel? Is that his name? Yes, yeah, Doc Andel. That, or, he is creepy. He is creepy. Very weird. He's like a cult I also thought leader it, a little bit. It was weird that they spent, like, a whole episode on him. Yeah, they spent quite a bit of one, at least. Yeah. He he is very weird, but at like and, you know, maybe this as you mentioned, maybe it is like a cult and, you know, cult leaders are very good at presenting themselves as they're not insane, but he presented himself pretty rationally in interviews, I think, arguing for his points. And I mean, obviously, there's certain things that I don't agree with, but I thought, you know, like he made his points all right, but I do think he's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, the fact that he just has women basically as slaves. Yeah. Messed up. That's so weird. That whole, like, that one woman who, like, doesn't live there anymore in her interviews. Oh, that was, was fascinating. Was, I had forgotten about her. That was interesting. Yeah. Yeah, very, very cultish. He gave me all the wrong vibes. Yeah. Creep. And how she was like, I didn't really want to sleep with him, but that's, like, how you got to the animals. It's like. Yeah. It seemed like straight up. 1960s 70s charlie manson sort of crap without the murder but just like that weird that's kind of true jonestown jonestown yikes yeah just very cultish that sort of stuff no thank you um nope don't want to support will not partake them no thanks what do you think of the 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 fat guy (laughs) i can't remember he's i think it's james garretson something like that He's interesting. Because at first I, I was like, massive scumbag. I did, okay. What point was it that he came on? Because I did not like he came understand on with his Je- part he came at the on, He came on in that Jeff Lowe group. Okay. And he was kind of friends with him. But then he's like, wait a second. Jeff is a scumbag. And he's screwing yeah. Joe over. But also the feds are on me. So I'm just going to give the feds what they want. Yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting because... Jeff was saying in the add-on episode that 
James Garrison did not reveal why the feds are at. He's like, he said it was a lemur. He's like, it's way worse than a lemur. Believe me. Um, he could just be lying and bluffing mm-hmm. Jeff. Well, but um, he, yeah. he'd be one to do it. But I, I do think there's a little bit more of stuff about James Garrison um, that we haven't seen that I, or that wasn't touched upon in the documentary, but he's, I don't know. He's, he's definitely a scumbag, but I don't know if he is to the extent of Jeff Lowe and Joe exotic. James to me seems like he would be a much better con artist than Jeff would, or at least he'd be a much more believable one just because I think he actually has money though. (laughs) That's true. Like he, he just seems a lot more trustworthy and like, most of the times he came on screen, like I almost like went on his side because I was like, you know, he's he seems pretty rational in these situations. I don't know if I agree with what he's doing all of the time, but yeah, yeah, he's the he's like owns clubs or something in Vegas, right? Is that how he's connected to something like Jeff that? Lo- I think that was it, but I yeah, just the the cast of characters just goes on and on, and I'm sure we're forgetting about somebody interesting that we're gonna not bring uh, up in conversation but i oh the guy with no legs yeah what was his name was he the head he wasn't the head zookeeper was he no head zookeeper had like really long hair yeah although i um, did like the guy with no legs too and how he has them all like painted up and he's like i never wear pants <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> except I, uh, when i'm in court but- the guy with no legs, I he had like one moment, I think it was in the last episode, where I felt really bad for him because like he kind of maintained this pretty good friendship with Joe throughout this whole series. And like he also seemed relatively uninvolved with like any of the bad things happening. And he felt bad because no one called him to testify in court. Yeah, that's right. For, and like he he made it seem like he would have been defending Joe. And he, because he felt like Joe was innocent, but yeah, I don't know. I just felt bad for him because he had like a moment there where he got real sad about it. Yeah. And then the head zookeeper guy, I just like, because he just kind of seems like a, a bro. Yeah. <laughs> but a very passionate, like he, he was kind of just this loser who like Joe recruited off the off the streets to come work at the zoo, but then he got like really into mm-hmm. it and like loves these animals. So good for him. Alan, the hitman. Oh. <laughs> He doesn't seem like the sharpest He's, tool in the shed. He no, <laughs> probably the most blatantly dumb character. I like how he's like, yeah, I don't want to really get in trouble anymore. And then he's like, oh yeah, no, I'll kill Carol Baskin for you <laughs> for three thousand dollars. What? There's also like, I don't remember that it wasn't like the last episode with all the court stuff, but like they show a blatant just like lie that he told on the like either in like court or in the interview oh yeah it's, that he like went all the way down there or whatever and oh yeah that, did it yeah, that he went or to something Florida. yeah something like i can't remember what it was but it was perjury like you can't just lie in your testimony <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's like oh whoops that's how he that was his quote i'm pretty sure it was just oh whoops <laughs> he seemed like he was in too much for him to handle because <laughs> he just wasn't that bright yeah no Boy, it's interesting to see this. I'm sure this story will develop because what did you think of Joe trying to take everybody down with him and then allying with PETA and all that? Because I thought that was a surprising twist towards the end. That was that was pretty surprising. I I don't know 
to me that seems illogical though like i don't i don't know it's weird to me because i understand like wanting to get the people that are like directly involved with him but he seemed to be to be going for like a wider berth than just that and like taking down all of these other zoos that are maybe committing these acts that he did just seems to be helping like carol with her like her values and her ideals so i don't know it to me it seemed weird i guess i don't it was it was interesting because one it sounds like a lot of them are abusing these animals yeah um which is not not good at all not a fan of nope. that that's a bombadil definitely we, we give animal abuse a bombadil two thumbs down two thumbs down basket <laughs> That's even lower than coronavirus. We're going to have to downgrade <laughs> coronavirus to two thumbs down Baskin. <laughs> um, but I just, yeah, that was an interesting twist. I thought that the stat was crazy that there are more lions or more tigers, excuse me, in captivity in the United States than there are in the wild, in the world. Yeah, which is a damn shame. That's nuts. But I think the campaign manager made a great point in saying or no some of them somebody made a great point saying look it'd be great to send them back to their natural habitats and stuff but they like their natural habitats don't even exist anymore true because of you know humans so it's like are you know if these animals are treated well but they're stuck in the cage is that ethical or is it not ethical if you know what do you do at a certain point? What's the best situation for for the animals? And I think it gets a lot more gray there. It's a weird quandary. Yeah. So I thought that was that was an interesting ethical dilemma that kind of arose yeah. in the, the last episode and then the add-on episode as well. Yeah. Um, I thought, I guess just my thought, my thought on the last episode, and I like... I didn't think it was like terrible, but I was, I really think it was like such a missed opportunity to like come back to this after a while. Like, I don't think no one was like really asking for this right away. Like they could have waited maybe a couple months and I feel like maybe they could have gotten more interesting reactions into how this has affected them and where they are now, as opposed to just doing it like right after. I don't know. Um, I mean, we got a little bit of that. I, I thought it was, I thought it was decent. I thought there were a couple tidbits that I, definitely didn't know like i said that horror story the fact mm-hmm. that joe exotic was actually terrified of tigers would i think very interesting, interesting elements that were not covered by the documentary um by the way joe getting attacked by the tigers that shit was wild literally <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like oh my god i mean i knew joe didn't die or anything but i was like we're literally watching a, a tiger attack yeah i you know what tiger cubs are cute but um no thanks i'll pass on a pet tiger i'll stick with the dog yep dogs are good dogs are good dogs get two thomas two thumbs up brokaws from this guy <laughs> sure do all right <laughs> me too i think that's about all i have to say we've been going on a lot about tiger king uh, uh of course you could probably go all, all night holman but sure could um you got anything else to add before we go on to our final segment for the week Nope, I think that's it. All right, Holden, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? What am I doing, Jimmy? Well, 
I didn't watch too many movies this week. I actually, the only movie that I think I watched um, is I watched Watchmen, the Zack Snyder movie, after I watched the uh, HBO miniseries that I uh, have mentioned before. And that's, you know, you know, like people give Zack Snyder a hard time for like his various movies, but I think it was pretty good. It was stylish. It was probably about as good as you could get for a movie, like a single movie adaptation of that comic uh, series. I watched the director's cut, which is like three hours long. <laughs> um, but I mean, I think the length was justified just by trying to fit everything in. The sh- you're saying you watched the Snyder cut? I sure <laughs> did watch the Snyder cut. <laughs> good one, Jimmy. Um, yeah, but... I, I mean, I still think it's not a substitution for the comic because there are some uh, a few crucial changes. Um, so don't watch this in preparation for the uh, um, miniseries. At me. Yeah, Jimmy. I, keep forget- I just need to read it. I got it somewhere. Yeah, just read it. You literally have it. Like, I gave it to I you. I think I'd rather watch men. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the other watch thing was men, last night, I guess. men. <laughs> Watchmen, watch Watchmen is a sentence in the English language. It sure is. <laughs> uh, the um, or last night, watch I, Watchmen, I watch Watchmen. There we go. <laughs> last night I watched part of um, Oh Brother Where Art Thou? Oh, Coen Brothers. I've seen that one. Yeah. I love that one. I I had seen it before, but my brother wanted to watch it. And I was busy doing homework and whatever, so I only watched part of it, but very good. I hadn't seen it since high school, and I kind of want to rewatch it in full. Very funny movie. Um, TV shows, haven't really watched anything because I've just been watching Tiger King for that. Um, games, I've been playing Metro Exodus um, on the PS4. Very good. Very good. Continues to get better. But the big news this week, Jimmy. Very you got exciting some big news. news. Let's hear it, Holden. <laughs> I finally got a VR headset. It's about time. Welcome we to ta- the we club. About it. Yep. We ta- Welcome back to the <laughs> real fun. world. It sucks. <laughs> it's it got sure coronavirus. Does. VR doesn't have coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> Skyrim doesn't have Skyrim but, VR doesn't have coronavirus. The uh, the last couple of weeks, I think I'd mentioned on the podcast that I'd been looking for an Oculus Rift, and I finally got a reasonably priced priced one on eBay. It was still over, you know, like the normal. How much did you pay for uh, that sucker? It was five hundred. So uh, yeah, a hundred dollars over the retail. But you know that's not too bad. They had been escalating in price, and I was just kind of at the point where I'm like, I need to get one since I was splitting the cost with my brothers. Um, it wasn't going to be that terrible anyway, and I since I'm also since I'm splitting it with them. Once I go back to school, it's staying here. <laughs> so I'm like, well. I want to get the most out of it this summer, so I need to get it as soon as possible. Yeah, how am I supposed um, to play it, Holden, if it's staying in Lincoln? Don't know, Jimmy. Sorry, bud. Right. Yeah, here's what we're going to do, Holden. We're yeah. going to make a cardboard replica of the Oculus. The Google Cardboard. <laughs> we're going to get a Google Cardboard. We're going to put an, an iPhone 3GS in that sucker as the screen. <laughs> we'll pick yes. one up off eBay for 20 bucks, <laughs> <laughs> And we'll just play... <laughs> PewDiePie playthroughs. 
and then we'll get that Oculus down here and we'll plug it into my MacBook Pro. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and run half Well, that's the other thing. Like, even if I took it to school, I don't have anything to run it on. So, like, I mean, whatever, if it's staying here. Does it run on the Mac settings kind of on your, on your guys' setup? Or what are you running it at? Uh, I mean, it's... my Yeah, it is. The, I mean, the, the headset itself is what limits... Yeah, what it can show, but you are to the max level of that headset. Mm-hmm. Wow, nice. Yeah, um, and so I two games I've bought. Um, I'll probably buy more this week, but I've bought Half Life Alex, my most anticipated thing, maybe of all time, even more than Avengers Endgame, just because Half Life is so important to me. But and it is. But I think to qualify that they they announced it shortly before they released it, relatively shortly before they released it. Yeah. So, yeah, because you didn't true. know it was in development, did you even? No. So, no. I feel like that qualifies the anticipation level a little bit. Yeah, As for, say, it does. like something like The Last of Us Part 2, which was <laughs> announced in 2016. Well, yeah, and that's the other thing is Half Life Alex didn't get a delay at all. It was literally like the first date they announced is. Uh, is what they stuck to. And part of that is they announced it My so close two to most hyped date. video games of all time were Arkham Knight and The Last of Us Part 2. And Arkham Knight got delayed three times. <laughs> the Last of Us Part 2 got delayed twice so far, right? Twice. Yes. Twice at least. Half-Life Alex is incredible. Um, it's not as immersive as I'm sure it would be on an index. Just because the index, it the was Valve probably index, made another VR headset for those of you who yeah. are unaware. Yeah. Yes, um, it was made for the index technology, and so like that is. And if you see any footage from the game on that headset, it is absolutely breathtaking, and it still looks really good on this. Not to like detract that at all, um, but just not as great as it probably could be. Um, but it's really really fun. Uh, gameplay is incredible. Um, it's probably in terms of movement and combat it probably is the most immersive game uh, made for VR and the story so far is good I'm really really excited because apparently the ending is incredible and just ties so much into Half-Life lore that I'm going to just squeal (laughs) (laughs) I'll get a a recording of that going and upload it on YouTube just just a like mp3 file of me squealing at the ending of Half-Life Alex. Yeah, and then I'll get more views than these videos I put 20 hours into. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, um, but uh, the uh, the last thing I have is um, Beat Saber I got. Uh, and it is really, really fun. I got custom songs for it. And oh, you got the custom stuff going. Ones. Oh, yeah. I've got everything going on it. I, I'm playing through the campaign a little bit, playing through those challenges and whatnot. Um but it's just, I mean, everyone knows Beat Saber is fun at this point, but it the is campaign, indeed. campaign kind of sucks, not going to lie. It's, it's, there's like a couple where I'm like, how am I supposed to do this? Yeah, there's ones where you like can't, there's ones where you have to be bad. Like you can't get more than a certain combo. Like you have to miss so many. And then, you, really? yeah, I haven't yeah it's yet. weird. Like it's, it's a very bizarre campaign or your arms can't move a certain it's it, like you have to be bad. You have to like get a low score on purpose, but you can't fail like, the level at the same time. It's an interesting kind of brain teaser that not all everybody likes. I'm kind of I'm currently stuck on one where you have to move your arms like 650 meters or whatever. Just propeller those guys. 
Should I? Yeah, that's what I do. Are you not moving it in between the notes? I mean, I'm trying a little bit, but it's kind of hard for me to focus on doing that and focus on hitting the notes. Wow, amateur hour over here. Yeah, I guess. Okay. Speaking of Beat Saber Holden, this yeah. morning I just got my last set of data I needed for my ultimate analysis, scientific analysis of whether or not Beat Saber is a workout. I'm glad you did that as soon as they released a fit beat, like literally like a workout. Yeah, no, which is so basically kind of sneak peek. I'm going to do a full video on this. Um, this is probably the most excited I've been for a video for the YouTube page. Um, I think it might be able to get some traction too. Um, but so I basically took four different songs, four different albums, all coming in the beat saber, like all you just get with Mm -hmm. the game no custom songs, no, you know, extra packs, just like what comes with the game. Um, each from different each from different soundtracks, um, to kind of give it variety. And then I included Fitbeat in that too. And I did it at each difficulty level. And I, and I took my heart rate, um, after each playthrough at each difficult level, you know, after several trials. And so I have mm-hmm. all that data, you know, what, you know, what is a good workout for me and all that. Um, cause it's going to be different for every person, but you yeah. know, just a general idea, you know, can you play basically, can you play beat saber on easy and it'd be a good workout for you? You know, what is beat saber on expert plus like for a workout? So that'll be coming soon. Answer. Yes. We'll see. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So what else do you have for other than that? First off, Check out that the newest upload on the YouTube channel about the behind the scenes yes. of the Inception hallway fight scene. Um, mm-hmm. I make an argument that it's up there for one of the greatest practical effects of all time, meaning without CGI. Um, so check that out. That was fun to make. Uh, a little behind the scenes look into that. I uploaded it at first and I got freaking copyrighted st- struck by Warner Brothers for a 15 second segment of a behind the scenes thing because of the Hans Zimmer <laughs> music in the back. 15 seconds and i had to go Incredible. i had to go back looked up some youtube videos figured out a way to kind of get rid of the background music without completely destroying the audio re-uploaded it that was such a pain God, 15 seconds when did that happen when did that immediately when i first posted it that morning and oh, then okay. i spent two to three hours fixing it and re-uploading it and it has like 15 views now so thanks a lot <laughs> that was a great three hours for that so check it out i think it's a pretty gosh darn good video yeah um of that i haven't you know i haven't started season five of better call saul yet i just haven't i haven't bought it yet because it's not on netflix or um and I also haven't wanted to run on a treadmill. So. <laughs> um, but other than that, just a little bit of Assassin's Creed Odyssey, just because I kind of slowed down on that, just working on all these videos and stuff. Um, got some new video gear that I've been working on, testing out and doing stuff with that. So I might post some stuff on the YouTube channel about that too. Sign up kind of like budget filmmaking gear, sort of for people who are interested in making their own videos or films kind of diversify some of the things just talk about things i'm interested in maybe holden will get up a video here sooner or later (laughs) i'm so busy jimmy i know like (laughs) you're so busy playing half-life alex well that's the thing is like i mean i'm gonna qualify 
Half-Life in there because it is so important to me. <laughs> so, I mean, so I am very I see busy outside of Half-Life. It. I don't know if I could binge a game I'm looking forward to so much. I like to like I'm savor not really, it. I'm not really binging it. I'm playing it for like an hour at a time, okay. probably. It is also yeah. VR, so I feel like that impacts it too. It's it hard to binge <laughs> very VR much so. and not feel terrible about yourself. Yep. Um, but other than that, I felt like I had one last thing to add, but I don't remember what it is. So there you go. I guess that's it. Nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> been a bit, been a long episode, but I mean, that but is a good one. Holden. We had to do the a Tiger good one. King. We reviewed a whole season of a TV show. So like, I think it, it, it qualifies. Um, Next week, we will be doing um, our, our next request is the Adventures of Buckaroo Bonsai across the eighth dimension, something like is that. that. I Scott think that's Sutter? the full title. That's Scott Sutter's request. Oh, well, we'll see how bad I it fun- is. <laughs> <laughs> um, kind of excited for that because I I figure it'll be it's gonna it's supposedly very bizarre. So I am kind of just interested to see how that. Do I have turns to buy out. this thing? I don't know. You can probably find it somewhere. Um, find it in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just assuming other, it's going to be bad. <laughs> our other movie hasn't been decided yet. Um, so we will figure that out. It'll be a surprise probably unless we figure it out before we the video gets uploaded and then we'll post it on Facebook. Um yeah, social medias. I am working on videos. Um, Jimmy mentioned maybe I should make a Half-Life Alex review. That's a possibility. Maybe I'll work on that. Um, but uh, I really am just like swamped with schoolwork and projects and stuff right now. And I'm really hoping, hopefully I'll get something out before the school year ends. We'll see. <laughs> uh, I think that's it. We need more requests. So please request more. And through our Patreon and reviews and stuff. Crust good free movies. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. I think Kiki's is now our best movie that we've had requested. What's the competition? Shrek 2? (laughs) Shrek 2 is pretty good, except the first 15 minutes. Yeah. I think I like Howl's more. Yeah. Oh, I would say City of God is the best one. Oh, yeah, that's right. City City of God is the best one. That's going to be hard to beat for me. That's like near my top 10 all time favorite movies. No, it's not up there for me, but well, that's cause you don't, <laughs> that's cause you hate foreign films. Holden. I do. Parasite least favorite movie of last year. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's it for this week. We'll, we'll cut it off here. Yep. Goodbye. Kittens and caboodles or whatever she says. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. I love you.